0: Thank you once again for the privilege and delight of being with you and learning from you and being encouraged by you and all your effusive words of appreciation. Thank you very much. I want to speak to you this morning on the theme that the gospel is glorious because of the God it proclaims. Um, And so draw your attention to uh, Nahum chapter 1 and verse 7. God. The gospel is glorious because of the God it proclaims, a good God, a mighty fortress, and a loving Father. What a gospel. The Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble, and he knoweth them that trust in him. Nahum chapter 1 and verse 7. Three points. Jehovah is good. No darkness in Him at all. No cosmic malice. No evil intentions. No ill will. No impurity. A God of absolute benevolence. A God of purity and integrity. A God of beauty and attraction. The Lord is good. In His essence. In His heart. In the very core of His being no matter how we might look at him, no matter how we might creep up on him. He has no darkness. He has no past. He has no prerogatives in which he is other than good. In all he does, when he chastens us, when he disciplines us, when he sends leanness, when he judges us, it all comes out of his goodness. He never afflicts willingly, one day he will explain to our total satisfaction of every tear that we shed, every heartache we knew. Heaven won't be a place of unanswered questions. God is good in his being, in the depths of his being. You go into him, and he's good. You go in and in, and he's good. You go in and in, and in, he's good. You go in and in and in and in and he's good. You go in and in and in and in and in and he's good. You shine the light of his own omniscience in every part of him. His holy omniscience. Explore him in all his depths and all you'll find is his goodness. There's spots on the sun. There's no shadow of turning in God. No inconsistencies in Him. No weak spots under pressure. No sins of omission. No deviation from His goodness in any form at all. No faults because He's not aware of them. There's a goodness of which everybody is a beneficiary. A goodness which extends simply to everyone without exception. To every part of God's creation and to every human being. Nobody at all excluded. A universal goodness that God displays to all men. God has been good to you. We can say that, can't we? We talk about the common grace of God. The loveliest gifts, the most precious things. The dear one sitting next to you the children, your dear parents, all, all good gifts around us Ascend from heaven above. You all come from the wonderful goodness of God. You can take these words with you, go to a hospital, you can go and see your own member, then you go to the other beds in the ward and you say, Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble. He knows them, that trust in him. Lord's been good to you, hasn't he? All through his life. How good God has been. There is uh, the God's goodness which is locked into his covenant with Noah. The covenant of common grace. The covenant of God's goodness. And he utterly consistent to that covenant. doesn't send a great flood on Belsen and Auschwitz. Because he's prepared to be good. To the gods there. If they turn from that horror. And cry to him for mercy. Gods of the heathen are not like that. Allah righteous. But our God. Oh so good. The God. Called Baal. That the men on Carmel. Worshipped. And the devices they used, Their shouts. Their dancing. Their cutting of themselves. Their prophesying. And still he wouldn't answer. for God just utterly unpredictable a God so cruel you could cry to him and ask him at a time of enormous crisis and he just turned away from you but oh this God we always know every day of our lives how wonderfully good he is a God who keeps his words a God who keeps his promise whatever that promise might be a God who is good to all but a God then who is so good to his own people To save them. There's so many of them. You can't count how many he saved. He saves the world. But some are lost. He makes his promises. So sure. He's he's put himself under obligation. To save all of those. And all those he saves. He works all things together. For their good. Remember Thomas Watson in. All for good. That book. Wonderful Puritan introduction. Thomas Watson on Romans 8.28. You know how that book divides up. The first half of that book says. Our best things work for our good. And the second half of that book says. Our worst things work for our good. All things work for our good. If it touches us. If it affects us. If it's as gentle as a mother's kiss. It's going to be for our good. My God shall supply All your needs according to His riches. Glory in Christ Jesus. All His promises are yea and amen. Absolutely guaranteed by God. God never has to eat His Word. You know the old quip that you never meet a one-handed modernist. Because modernists are always saying, Well, on the one hand, (laughs) they're saying, But on the other hand, (laughs) God's not like that absolutely sincere when we preach good news and we say God's desire that you come that you turn from your sin that God is willing to receive you. God will pardon and cleanse you he's offering you his son to be your savior that we can go to everybody in our communities and we can say without exception I've got good news for you good news of a savior here is Christ dead for you Christ living for you Christ the prophet to teach you for you for not a substitution but the for of offer good news for you we say that's what he says on the day of judgment the standard again absolutely clear to all known by all no surprises on the day of judgment nobody saying there Lord we didn't know everybody know it's written on the hearts of every man every man The things of his law. And God is straight. In how he judges all men. You know where you are. With this good God. God is good. Second point. He's a stronghold in the day of trouble. And that's a very fascinating juxtaposition. Of these two phrases. God is good. But there are days of trouble. Many say God is good. And so there will be no days of trouble. And when days of trouble come, then they, are, they have a tremendous problem. It must be because of my sin. It must be because of something in me. Or that God is harsh and unpredictable. Or it must be the devil has come in and pushed God aside. They are saying. But Nahum says two things. He says, God is good. You can count on it. There are days of trouble, he says. Shouldn't there be days of trouble? While the church is hated by the world as it hated the head of the church if we are going to live a Christ like life if we are going to live credible godly lives and then aren't we going to meet days of trouble doesn't Jesus say blessed are you when men revile you you know how uh, there are parents who come to say to you uh, you say but uh, Johnny was in school today and he said he believed uh, Genesis and they all laughed at him well, isn't isn't that wonderful? Doesn't the Bible say you're blessed if men and women laugh at you? Blessed are you when men revile you, he says. Here's the whole church and it's attacked by the gates of hell. Here's this little Christian girl. And the gates of hell want to destroy her. Aren't there days of trouble? When the world is under a curse. When a man will pick up a rifle and he'll shoot 32 people. Don't we groan? In this present world, aren't there days of trouble? Isn't mortality written over all of us in the tenderest union of all, isn't it, till death us do part? Days of trouble. While life and thought and being lost or immortality endures, there will be days of trouble. But here you notice, he doesn't say days of trouble, he says the day of trouble. Ah, yes, a specific time a period, a testing. You remember our Lord Jesus. He was tried in every point as we are. And yet, oh, there came a time when there were the temptations in the wilderness, when there was a full frontal attack by Satan upon him. The psalmist talks about it. He says, Iniquities against me prevail from day to day. And no sooner do I climb out of the ditch, than I'm pushed back into it again. I'm like Job says i can't understand him what he does to me i wash myself and i make myself so clean and there i am back in the mire again days of intensification of suffering bodily suffering mental suffering great trials one trouble seems to beckon to another and it comes crashing into our lives and we are no sooner over that than another one comes as if a man did flee from a lion and a bear met him Or lent his hand on a wall and a serpent bit him. Yes, we know times like that, don't we? Then, then, Nathan, Nahum says, in the day of trouble, there's a stronghold. That's what he says. There's a place of protection. There's a place of refuge. I think there are more castles per square mile in my principality of Wales than any other country in Europe. Because uh, our history has been a history of trouble, a history of warfare, of clans and local princes, and then invasions from Romans and Normans, and they've all built their castles, and the Welsh have built castles against them. Because when troubles came, when the day of trouble came, when the alarm was sounded, when the trumpet blasted, then people left their fields and their cottages and fled to the great castle, to the stronghold. Oh save to the rock that is higher than I, How oft in the conflict, when pressed by the foe, Have I fled to my refuge, and breathed out my woe. How often when trials like sea billows roll, Have I hidden in thee, O oh, thou rock of my soul. There's a stronghold in the day of trouble. That's what he says. A mighty fortress is our God. Isn't it wonderful that we have someone to go to in a day of trouble. When when your brother dies. And you sisters just hang on to one another and bawl and weep. He's gone. And you send a word to Jesus. He whom thou lovest is They didn't accept God's sovereignty. They, they sent to the Lord. Are you weary? Are you heavy-hearted? Tell it to Jesus. Are you grieving over joy's departed? Tell it to Jesus. Do you fear the gathering clouds of sorrow? Tell it to Jesus. Are you anxious? What shall be tomorrow? Tell it to Jesus. Are you troubled at the thought of dying? Tell it to Jesus. For God's kingdom are you sighing? Tell it to Jesus. You can do that because, oh, he is one touch by the feeling of our infirmities. He he understands. Sometimes he heals. Sometimes he permits disease to have its way. Sometimes he says, ah, come and live with me now. It's a great comfort, isn't it, to pour out your heart to the Lord. Scripture says, when John the Baptist died, his disciples took his body up tenderly. He was 33 years of age and Herod had cut off his head, they took that body up and they buried it, and then they were told, they went and told the Lord. They went to the stronghold. He was dead, but they went to tell him. I tell you, you do you have someone to go to? Do you have a stronghold? Pour out your sorrows and your needs your heartaches do you have someone do you tell it to the Lord talk it over with him however trivial it is there's a throne of, of grace and there's a stronghold in a day of, of trouble to whom shall we go to whom will you go when your marriage is on the rocks to whom will you go when your children ask you how, how they should live when they start staying out late at night. To, to whom will you go? When you're all alone. When the weakness of old age comes upon you. When sickness and death stare in your face. When you face the dying of the one you've been joined to for 50 years. To whom will you go? What if your house is destroyed by a flood? And what if Katrina comes in and shows you no mercy? To whom will you go? To whom will you go when your car breaks down and it doesn't pass its test? To whom will you go in every crisis, in every need, in all petty daily circumstances? You know, we've got a a range of men that we trust in, electricity, plumbing, the car. We've got men we've built up a relationship with them and we've tested them. But in spiritual problems, people blunder horrendously. They go from one counselor to another. If they have a drink problem, they try the hypnotist. Their marriage problem, they go to the local doctor for medication and if sex is a problem they write a letter to the newspaper and sometimes helpful answers again but not often to whom shall we go? people go to horoscopes for guidance they go to seances they try to contact the dead that's like going into the deepest darkest dungeon with a, a flickering candle For some light, it's a horrible thing. To whom will you go? Some go to drugs, some go to pubs, some go to the cults of all kinds. Some go on the road, some emigrate, some go to science. Vain is the help of man. To whom will you go? Where's, Where's the refuge for you now? Where is it going to be? The gospel says, here is one. Oh, what a mighty, what a glorious person he is. So powerful, great in relationship to creation because he made it all. Great in relationship to the angels because they all bow down and worship him. Great in relationship to God because God adores him as my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Do you go to him? Come unto me, he says. All you that labor and are heavy laden, I can handle If you all come, I can handle it. If all Mesa comes, if all Phoenix comes, all men with their aggression and women with their phobias and young people with their uncertainties, I can handle it. If they all come to me, the Savior says, come to me. Here's the great stronghold in the day of trouble. Go to him for forgiveness, that guilt, that shame that you carry. For what's done and it's done now. And you carry the weight of it and the sadness and the defilement of it with you still. Here's one who can wash away our sins. Here's one who can bury them in the depths of the sea and they are known no more. Here he is, the great stronghold in a day of trouble. Go to him, go to him and commit everything to him. You know when you leave home and you lock the door and you just say a little prayer and our Lord protect my home, don't you? The Lord looks after all these things. There was an axe head that had been borrowed and it was retrieved by the power of God. The shoes of the Israelites as they walked through the desert, they they didn't wear out. God provided for them. He rules in the material things of life. He he says, you pray now, uh, give me today my, my bread, my bread. I'll supply your need. He's with us when death draws near. He's the resurrection and the life he's Tasted the bitterness of the cup. He's taken the sting into his own heart and soul. So that we won't know it. But we'll walk through a valley and he'll be there with us. And his hand will be in ours. A sovereign protector I have unseen, yet forever at hand, unchangeably faithful to save, almighty to rule and command. He smiles and my comforts abound. His grace, like the dew, shall descend, and walls of salvation surround the soul he delights to defend. What a mighty protector he is. Go to him. All the resources of heaven and earth are at his command. Compared to what everything man can offer. He can help you in every need. By his strength you can ford any river. You can climb any mountain. You can carry any burden. You can overcome any temptation. By his grace you can love your neighbor as yourself. By his grace you can turn the other cheek. If it's patience you need. Oh, what vast supplies of patience there are in Him! If it's gentleness you need, go to Him, and He'll help you. If uh, you need any grace, it's all found inexhaustible reservoir of virtue that is Christ. Of His fullness we receive and grace for grace. What a stronghold! In the day of trouble, go to Him; He's accessible. You always Wherever, Whenever you need him He's there I'll never leave you I'll never forsake you He says he's never indifferent to us He never plays games with us He never mocks us He's never preoccupied with other More important people It's as if all of heaven now Is focused on you What a stronghold In the day of trouble To whom else can you go the gospel is glorious because it presents a God who is good through and through. A God who is a stronghold in a day of trouble. And lastly, a God who knows them, that trust in him. The Lord knows us. Now, that isn't simply a reference to his omniscience, is it? You know that. It's, it's not his knowledge of everything. It's not simply saying God is aware of us. You know how in the Bible... God-knowing is much more affectionate rather than intellectual in its meaning. For God to know means to love. So the NIV says he cares. He cares. Amos says, you only have I known of all the nations of the earth. Well, he knew all about the The Egyptians and the Assyrians and the Midianites and the Ammonites and the Welsh. He knew about them all, didn't he? He knew about the sparrows when they fall. He's talking about his love. His love for his people. On the day of judgment he will say, depart from me. I never knew you. Well, of course, he knew all about them. That's why he says to them, depart from me. He's saying... But there was never any love in my heart for you. We're told about Adam and Eve. That Adam knew Eve. Well that's not an intellectual knowledge. That's an affectionate knowledge. It's a passionate knowledge. It's a loving knowledge. It's the great message of Hosea. How can I give you up? He says to her. It's the message of Ephesians 5. Christ loving the church like a man loving his wife. Christ giving himself for her, taking all the liabilities of his wife and holding her to himself and clearing all her debts, washing away all her shame, making her his beloved bride forever and ever. And so you read back into a a phrase like this in Nahum, all the commitment, all the jealousy of a man for his wife. God in love with his people. God going to Calvary for his people. God giving himself for his people. A love that is prodigal. A love that is emotional. A love that is passionate. That gives his own son and spares him not. God's desperate love for every one of his people. And here it is in Nahum. He knows them. The trust in him. He loves them. He loves them in the day of trouble. Oh, there are days of trouble. And it's the most difficult thing to believe. In all the compendium of theology. That God loves us. The most difficult thing. I had a girl in the congregation. I had Ruth. And uh, there. Her father had died of Huntington's. And her her brother had died of Huntington's. And she had a 50-50 chance. She had Huntington's too. And then in her last semester facing finals her mother who would battled with cancer died and she was all alone. And she came to see me and oh it was so hard. No father, no mother, no brother and this threat. She said I think there's a cosmic malice in heaven looking down upon me. And oh, she was such a godly girl and led Bible studies and and we looked at verses like this and all the verses I've told you and all the stuff. You know, These vocables, these little words, and they seem to go shoop. They never seem to reach the heart of someone you want to help. You feel so inadequate. But that's all we've got. All we've got are words. Comfort one another with these words. And it's wonderful God doesn't let them do that. But he wings them home and to assure them of this this cosmic love, this cosmic goodness, that whatever the answer is to the sufferings that Ruth is going through, it was not that uh, the, the devil was nudging a loving Sega out of the midst of the throne. Well, she's married now, of course, and she has four children. She's married to a pastor. And she's working in the, in the gospel as she's always been. Now the day of trouble is past. But a very real day of trouble then. To know that God loved her. And here he says, he does love you. He loves them that trust him. He loves them. He loves them un- eternally. He loves them unchangeably. Nothing will separate you from that love. Oh, love that will not let me go. Who does he love? Those who trust him. Ah, that's it, isn't it? Those who take refuge in him, the ESV says, yes. That's a good description. Today, people say, who can you trust? We live in a culture of cynicism, a culture of disappointed people. You can't trust politicians, they say. You, you can't trust the, the doctors. You can't trust people. any You can't trust the police. Who can you trust? You can't trust your partner in marriage. They make these vows and they break them. You can't trust builders. They say they'll finish by May and December. They're still at work on it. You can't trust them. You can't trust insurance companies. Look at the fine print. You didn't see that fine print. It was there. They say you can't trust pension schemes any longer. Who can you trust? Here is one. Oh, friends, here is one you can trust. He knows them, the trust in Him. He knows them, He loves them. Here is one worthy of your deepest trust, your total trust. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own In all your ways, acknowledge Him. He'll direct your paths. He will do that. He'll never let you down. He'll never disappoint you. He'll always keep His word. That's what the Gospel says to a cynical, despairing world. We bring a God you can trust. Absolutely. One hundred percent. Who are you going to trust? If you say no to my Savior now. Who are you going to trust? Here is a, a Savior worthy of your trust. What a stronghold. What a good God. In everything he'll do for you for yours. All the days of your life goodness and mercy will follow you. That's, that's what becoming a Christian means. That's the message of the gospel. I can't understand how every one of you here this morning doesn't trust this God. Come away from all the other gods you've been trusting. Ah, put your trust in Him. The Lord is good. He's a stronghold in the day of trouble. He knows those that trust in him. Amen. Let's pray together. Gracious God, we thank thee for this message that's come to us uh, out of the depths of the Old Testament, from its heart, from the voice of this prophet of thine. We thank thee that uh, we can say amen to it, and affirm it, and declare it, and know something of its comfort. Thousands of miles away from Israel, and thousands of years later, all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of the man of man, as the flower of the field. The grass withereth, and the flower thereof fadeth away. But the word of the Lord endureth forever. We bless thee for this word, and pray that it may be our balm and our benison, our strength and our hope, as we look to thee. Teach us in days of trouble, then, to Hide ourselves in Thee, the good and loving God. Help us to trust Thee, how Thou dost love us. We can't comprehend, and yet Thou dost. Oh, we bless Thee and praise Thee. Receive our thanksgiving for all that we've learned and heard during these days together. Encourage the work of the gospel in these places we've spoken of in the last minutes, there in Cuba, oh, fill that land with the knowledge of Jesus, our Savior. Bless the work in Quebec, we pray. and May there be a 50% increase year after year. May it be so. Lord God, hear our prayers. We ask them in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.